I I'll explain why I chose this topic because I think there are like two different ways we can look at the voice of God. You hear some people talk about the voice of God and that's all they say. God told me this, Jesus told me this, or I heard this and this and this and this. Um, and you know that that can be more of a charismatic thing or whatever. And then you have this whole like, okay, well, I'm not as spiritual as you. You are just more spiritual than me. Or there's a judgment and you're tripping. You don't know God's voice, okay? And then you have other people who just don't talk about it at all. There is no even hearing from God. All that we can hear from God is the word and that's it. And so because I've been in both sides, coming in the background where there's never discussed the voice of God. And then I went into an environment where everybody was saying, God told me this, God said this, he spoke this to me and it confused me. And so I, everything I like to talk on is stuff that God lays on my heart that I've been through and that he wants me to share with other people. And so I always try to come at things very balanced and understanding and make it applicable because don't just tell me I can hear God's voice. Tell me how and make it that I can understand it. Like, break it down for me. And and so I want to come at this message in that way because I've heard it taught a lot of different ways and in some ways can be confusing and make you feel like you lack and you aren't spiritual enough. Why am I not hearing God? And so I want to come at it with the understanding that I know what that feels like. And so what is it to hear God's voice and how we can miss it and how God is always speaking to us. And so when I was preparing for it, first thing I started getting was hearing and listening there's a difference between hearing and listening so I started googling and researching what is the difference between hearing and listening because those were the first two words that kind of popped in my head so I want to just re uh, read to you guys the definition so hearing is the process function or power of perceiving sound specifically a special sense by which noises and tones are received the definition of listening to pay attention to someone or something in order to hear what is being said, sung, played, etc. To hear what someone has said and understand it with a serious, important, or true. To hear something with thoughtful intention, giving consideration. So then I was realizing, okay, there's a total difference in that. So people can say or believe that they're hearing from God, but are they listening? And I believe that with listening comes acting, like you act on it. So there's something that you're doing because you're you're hearing something. And so, and then there's the other thing where God can be speaking to you all day long and you are hearing it. So you're hearing something in your life that is him, but you aren't listening because you don't realize it's him because you're not deciphering his voice. And so I kind of broke it down in three ways that I kind of want to talk about this. So the first one is ways the Holy Spirit speaks. And then I want to talk about how we can miss it. So how are areas in your life where God is talking and how we miss knowing that it is God. And then the last one is that I want to... Um, Hold on. I want to talk about identifying his voice and clearing like the static out of our lives. So one of the ways I'm going to talk about in how we miss the voice of God is that there's static created in our lives. And so how we clear and remove static out of our lives to identify that it's God. So I want to talk about different ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. So you have, we have a lot of ways that we can find in scripture. So we have the word of God, clearly. Knowing the word of God and understanding the word of God, God is always going to speak lining up to his word. So if I'm going to talk about ways we miss it, it's very simple. You don't know scripture. There's things that you're missing out of the word so that you don't know when he's speaking that that's him. Um, another way is a where scripture says is called a still small voice. This is to me the most 
um, the way that God mostly speaks to me in my life. Now I've heard, you know, people when I was in Bible school and everybody would sit there and be like, God told me this and he said this and it totally threw me off. I was like, I don't hear God that way. And how are you just saying that God, what tells you to go to Taco Bell over Carl's Jr. And like you hear in the, that's how like tripped up that you would hear some people and I've called it chasing the voice of God where they are so like, I got to hear yes or no in everything that I do because it's, it's a little bit off balance. I don't know if you've encountered people like that, but I've been in, in places where that's kind of how everybody talks and thinks and that they chase that supernatural voice and I believe it can make you become misleading and like I said like seriously should I go to Taco Bell or should I go to Carl's Jr. you know what did he tell me this and that and just kind of getting stuck on that and I've always called it chasing the voice because when I so when I would um, hear everybody talking that they heard the voice of God I was like I don't get that so I remember going to one of the girl one of my girlfriends and she she told me she's all well um what was the scripture? Oh, yeah. It was John 10, 27. And she said, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. And she said that scripture, Jesus is speaking and saying that we know him and we know his voice. She goes, start confessing that and just believing and asking God and saying that. So I took that scripture and I started, you know, saying, I know your voice because I'm your sheep. You're my shepherd. I know your voice. And I think that that was that's application to clearing static because I never believed I could hear his voice. It didn't make sense to me, people saying that they heard his voice. And so I started saying that over and over and over again. And I remember one night just having a supernatural experience where I sensed God clearly, clearly talked to me. But here's what I wanna to say to that. That's not the way God always speaks. He mostly is speaking through scripture and through our conscience, which is a small, still voice. There are times though that he will come in if we are open to it. That's the thing. He doesn't shove himself. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And so it's a, there's a there's part of us that can hinder that. So part of us, if we don't believe we hear him, that we don't know him, and we're not standing and believing that we do know him, then we're not opening even ourselves up to hearing from him. And so I am not one who is gonna say, I always, yeah, he told me to do this, he told me to do that. I more can say, I have something laid on my heart, and I believe it's from him. Did I hear this big audible voice? No. Did I hear something strongly say, Sarah, you are to start this study called Living in Freedom and help women be set free? No, it didn't happen. I told you guys, I woke up in the middle of the night with a compelling feeling that I was supposed to write out how I was set free. There was no voice. There was nothing being said, it was a sense. It was an inner knowing. That was all it was. And the only way that I could have acted to know if it was God was to do it. And so that's what the difference is from hearing, listening, and doing, and stepping out in it. So I could have been hearing all day long that I felt a sense come over me that I was supposed to write something, and I was supposed to write um, you know, curriculum and whatnot, but never act on it. So me acting on it was me listening to that voice and doing something and I didn't know it was him until I did it and stuff started happening. So I questioned that decision really big. So when I first started it, I had a lot of opposition in the very first study I ever did. A lot of things made me question my decision. Is this about me? Am I trained? What is this? Why do I even want to do this? And all these things. I never fully knew until I remember the first night I did it, he did something very powerful in prayer over one of the girls that we got to, I got to pray with. And that was my confirmation that that was him but I had to take some steps I had to make some decisions because it wasn't a writing on the wall it wasn't a big vision it wasn't a dream it wasn't the signs that we see in scripture it wasn't some big you know burning bush and God talking to me it was a sensing it was a knowing so what I want to present is us clearing static that when there is those knowings 
And when there is those little small voice and there is something in you tugging you to do something of how do we find out that it's God? Do we have to sit and wait on it? Do we sit there and wonder and question, well, okay, God, if this is you, then let me flip a coin and it lands on heads, you know, and then we're testing God. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we'll do with it. We'll feel like I want to take this leap of faith and I want to do something. I'm feeling like this is something I would do, but I need God to literally part the Red Sea in front of me before I'm going to do it. And so there's a something, and it's like I talked about last week, you know, faith is action. And so there's something to be said when God speaks and it is a still small voice and it is a quiet leading. What are you doing to step out to know it's even him? And I'm not going to, you know, and there's this whole thing, this me starting now this new part of this was not a some voice again. This is not God saying, Sarah, now you're going to do this. It was just a sensing and a joy. And so another way that I believe the Holy Spirit um, speaks is through his, the fruit of the Spirit. And some of those are joy and peace. And those produce a feeling. And those produce a sense. But if you've never experienced supernatural joy or supernatural peace, then you're not going to know when it's Him. Because there are things that the world can give you that can be a false sense of peace and a false sense of joy. And I used to think that I that peace and joy were something that I knew when they weren't. Because I know that I would place things on people to create a peace for me. Does that make sense? So, so what somebody did created peace in my life, I had peace. That's not supernatural peace. That's not the peace of God that guards our heart no matter what's going on. Those are two separate things. So when you're being led by the voice of God, there's going to be a supernatural peace, which is different from everything being calm around you. It's a calm inside you. And so that's where I, that's where it can kind of get confusing because you hear somebody saying, well, I just had a peace to do that. Well, if you don't get to, if you don't ever experience supernatural peace to a false peace, then that may confuse you. But when you do start to sense and understand that there is a different feeling from the peace of God than to having peace in your life, in your circumstances, then when you're hearing a still small voice and something is leading you and you have that inner peace, you know that that's him or you have that joy. Now, God leads me a lot by joy and excitement. And I was trying to find out how can I prove this in scripture? How can I prove that he will actually lead by emotions? And I couldn't. The only thing that I can line up with that is the fruit of the spirit. And that fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. And I know that when he's leading me in a decision, I get this inside excitement that's really weird. And then when, after I do it and jump on it, the next day I freak out, go, oh crap, what the heck did I just do? Because it was supernatural and it was, and then that's how this stuff gets started. And that's where you see me go fast and get it done within the day. That's this joy, excitement, this like, ah, in me. And then I, then it wears off. And the next day I say, oh crap, what did I just do? And that to me is how he leads me. And then that's one of the ways that he strongly leads me is that I sense something that is not normal could turn in me and get excited, become joy and a peace. And, and that's kind of different like ways in my life and how I'm led. It's never been this big, strong voice. And I, I do believe that people hear it and I have heard him speak to me. And it's not that I don't, but I am not one who every single day is telling me. I believe that when he does lead me in something, when I act on it, then, then, then I'm acting and I'm doing what he's called me to do. And when he wants to show me again, then he'll show me. But sometimes if you haven't acted on something that he's telling you and spoke to you, you are the one hindering the next step. The voice of him leading you into something new because he's waiting on you to take that step in something he's already speaking to you. And so then people get, why aren't I hearing from him? Why isn't he speaking to me? Why isn't he saying what I do here? Maybe you've missed a step. And there's something he told you a while ago to do and you haven't acted on it. And until you act on it, you're not going to hear the next step or you're not going to be led in a different way. Um, okay, so the still small voice. I'm going to talk about that for a second. So in 1 Kings 19, 11, 
So this is actually a story of Elijah, and this is the place in Scripture where, the, where a still, small voice is talked about. And um, this is the prophet that at this time was running from God because he was called to go up against a lot of false prophets over the worship of Baal. And God had just completely shown off, and he went up, and God dropped down fire on an altar that was covered in water and put all the false prophets to shame. And Elijah became in fear because Jezebel at that point said, which was um, Ahab's wife, said, we are going to now kill Elijah for doing this and shaming these false prophets. So he runs and he hides um, and running from God after. And this is why I think this story is so funny and it actually made sense to me is God just did something totally powerful in his life and showed him with all these um, you know, false prophets, 450 around and him by himself. And God completely showed up and showed off. And then he's threatened to be killed and he flips out and totally turns and runs from God. And I'm like, how many times in my life like, do I do stuff like that? Like God clearly shows up and shows off and then I flip out over natural causes and then take off running. So this talks about as he's running from them, where he, what happens to him, okay? So go out and stand. So this is God speaking to Elijah after he's running and hiding. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. A mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Here's why I love this so much, because all this stuff is happening around him and he just ran from God and he's thinking God is probably angry at me and turning everything upside down and he's probably in fear that whole time and then God comes in with a gentle whisper that's so gentle it covers his face he has to cover his face this to me is conviction and I think that we do stuff and we may disobey God or we may turn away from God and we think our life just went wrong because God's mad at us and he's punishing us and he's doing this because you did that and yet his voice is a gentle merciful and it's a sweet conviction and that conviction which should make us cover our faces in amazement of that he's that sweet and he's that merciful and that he loves us that much and that when I was reading it, I was like that is just exactly what it's like because when we do mess up we think everything is going wrong because it's him and so what do you think Elijah's going to think the wind the rainstorm all those things are God and it wasn't God and God comes in whispering to him in a sweet still voice and so I think that that is a representation of the voice of God he's not around wreaking havoc in your life to get your attention his is a merciful the sweet the still voice the one that is in there and it's um, compared to is our conscience um, it's uh, let me pull up the, the scripture that talks about it what'd you say yeah first Kings 1911 um, I think this is actually, yeah, in Romans, it's talked about the laws written on our hearts and our conscience is bearing witness. So the law written on our hearts would be um, instruction of God, the word of God, him, he is written on our hearts and that's our conscience. So with something inside of you is kind of like, an eh, or you kind of get this like, oh, that doesn't, something's just not sitting right, the lack of peace, that's your conscience. You have to be aware that's God speaking to you. That's him on the inside of us. If we're able to decipher that and realize that's actually his leading, there's many ways God speaks to us. It's not just 
prophecy. It's not just somebody speaking something over you. It's not going to be this big, powerful boom. There's lots of different ways that he's leading and directing us. But if we're only hearing and not listening, then we're not under knowing that it's him. Um, I want to just give a, this just popped in my head, this example of praying something very, very specific in order to see God move in an in, in area of my life. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how this lines up, but somehow it will. Um, so when I was building my clientele at the salon within the last year and a half, I asked God to, um, I asked angels to go whisper into people's ears, salon soma. That was my prayer. I'm very specific with how I pray. Why? Because I believe that then we know it's God. And if we get specific with what we want, then when God comes through, there's no way of denying that it's him. And he's not intimidated by our prayers. He's not intimidated by what we ask. And the, oh, I know how this lines up. That even non-Christians hear from God. That's how, okay. That was where I was going with that. So because I do believe that God speaks to us through people, and he will even use non-Christians. But you got to be aware, the devil uses people too, and I'll talk about that. So the devil will totally speak through people, but you got to decipher, if you know the character of God, you're going to know when it's the devil, and you're going to know when it's him speaking through someone, because he will even use people that are not saved. And here's my example of this, and I, I could give you tons of, on this. I prayed this very specific prayer. The angels would go whisper the name of my salon into people's ears, and they would come in because of it. So I started having, praying this for a few months, I started having people come in and say really weird stuff and I can tell you a couple of them what happened they came in and um, I was asking them questions and they liked the product Aveda product and so to me I was like well they lived closer to this other Aveda salon two ladies this was specific to and I was like why did you come in here you're right down the street from this other other salon and they both said and I remember one specifically said I, I was on the website something told me to go here and then the other lady said when I called something told me I was supposed to go here I'm not kidding you. Two women, non-Christians. And one of them, and they both have become regulars, one of them tips me $100 every time she comes in. 100 bucks cash. And so you think that God doesn't just, and it was so, I went home like, oh my gosh, God, you're so cool. Like, but you're sitting there, and I heard it. I probably have had four to five people that have said specifically something told me to come in here. Either I had one lady say she was walking, uh, driving around confused, couldn't find a salon, all of a sudden something told her to turn down that street. And she came into the salon. And so... These are people, who, and I want to be like, Jesus is talking to you, but you have no idea. But I can't say anything. I'm like just excited inside to see how cool that is, that, that the Holy Spirit speaks to even people who don't know him. So if somebody who doesn't even know him hears his voice, how much are we hearing his voice and not acknowledging it's him? How much is he doing things in our lives that he's either, you know, getting blamed for and it's not him or when it is him, someone else like your friend Christian Sally is getting the, you know, is getting the, the you're saying it's them or praising them when it was God speaking through them, when it was God choosing to lead them to help you, God choosing them to cross your path to speak into you, to sow into you, to do something in your life and that was always him. Um, the uh, so yeah other people circumstances that line up other ways that he speaks is circumstances you have to be careful with circumstances because that can turn into testing God where you're saying well if this if this doesn't happen then I'm not going to do it circumstances God totally uses but they're they're going to line up with the word of God so you just always need to to know that all these things need to line up in word and in scripture um, and then so how we can miss it so. Static. So that's what I call static in your lives. They're ways of missing it. So overriding peace. 
by following your flesh. And so let me go to Romans 8, 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So what, what there is things you're thinking on. So that to me, things your thought life can cause your static. What are the things that you're thinking on? Um, so letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. I think a lot of like scriptures like this, and I know in my own life, I would read them and see them, but I'm like, so I need this to make sense to me. How is this something I can have today and do today? Um, and not, you, do you know what I mean, you guys? I mean, I, I know I'm not the only one who can hear scripture, read scripture, but I don't know how that's mine. I don't know how that's application for me. I don't know how this is something I act on. So the way I always want to look at scriptures God how do I how do I act on this how is this application for me how do I make this real to me how does this become revelation to me and so this scripture I see has a lot to say about what you're thinking what your thought process is how you're walking and what's the difference and I, I talked about this in one of the weeks between your flesh and your spirit and being led and how do we know how do we know the difference well I can tell you one immediate way to trigger your spirit is things that you're thinking on praise stuff that you're saying out loud in order to trigger that to hear clearly because what it is Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us he is with us everywhere we go we know him and so if we know him then what is preventing us from really listening to him and you're gonna know that that's static that's things in your eye in your life that are creating and keeping a filter or keeping you from hearing his voice um, a lot of static can come from repetitive sin things that you're doing over and over again and you're knowing you're not supposed to do it or God's been telling you to do something you haven't acted on it and that's gonna create static that's gonna create you from um, your, yourself getting in the way you know we are our biggest enemy so our thought life is gonna be the biggest filter of everything from hearing the voice of God and because the way we think about ourselves and the, the thoughts going through our mind are always gonna be you know us the way we think and what we say about ourselves are most of the time opposite of what God says so what are we gonna do immediately create static from hearing the voice of God so that's why it's so important if you don't I, I understand your lies and identify lies and identify truth then you have a huge windstorm of static in your life keeping you from actually identifying the voice of God that's why it's so big just you know identifying lies that we do in the study is that so when they do pop up and you know you come against it with the truth and that's the first way you right there are removing static out of your life to hear God's voice um, knowing the difference from um, okay another way Another way to, to clear static, and what I say, is fasting. So doing something in your life where you have to um, put, your, put yourself under submission. So making a decision to cut something out of your life, whether it's a few hours or it's a day, whatever God puts on you, that's painful for you, that is uncomfortable. And you know why do we do that? Because putting ourselves into submission allows the Holy Spirit to move. Because we're always just acting out of kind of what we want, what we desire, and you know all those places. Then we're like, well, God's never talking to me, and he's not telling me what to do, and blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, when did you, did you remove yourself out of any of the situations recently? Have you had to put yourself into submission and do something that's a little bit painful so that you can remove some of that static out of your life, make yourself more sensitive? Fasting really does create a sensitivity 
to the voice of God. Um, I it's hard to want to do because I was like, man, when I was I was reading what was of the prayer circle or something, and they were talking about fasting, and then doing this, I was like, darn it, he's gonna call me to fast. <laughs> you know, and I really did it till like three o'clock, so I really wasn't that impressive on it. But I'm like, I gotta do something if I have to talk about it. So I was like, and it and it really was a horrible fast because I cut out food, but I still drank shakes until <laughs> three. So I didn't even cut out all food. So I really can't act like I'm super awesome in this, but I did do it. So I was like, it was a little painful, but I'm like, I have to do it in order to, you know, create an environment for you guys to kind of push you guys. Cause that may be something, if there's something in your life where you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to take a step. I don't know why I'm not hearing God in this area. I've never heard God in this area. Then I would challenge you to fast and cut something out of your life and see what God does during that time. Doesn't mean he's going to do a big writing on the wall. That's not what I'm trying to promise you. And you know what? I'm not saying Jesus couldn't, he could, but I'm saying it's usually you just start sensing something and you're more, it's you becoming more sensitive. We aren't moving God. That's the thing we have to understand. We're moving stuff on the inside of us. So we're moving stuff out of the way to let him come through clear. Okay. So we're, we're, we're punishing. And you know, that I don't want to sound too like churchy, but we are, you're punishing yourself. You're punishing your, your own self that gets in the way from hindering where God has been trying to talk to you and trying to speak to you and getting you to move in things. Um, which I just talked about. Another way is praise. Like praise is always a trigger for all these things. Speaking the things of God, the good things of God, reminding yourself of who he is, because as soon as you start reminding yourself of who God is, what he does, what he's done for your life, you're immediately triggering the things on the inside of you that are of him. You're immediately putting you, your thoughts, your self-hatred, the things that you feel about yourself, and you are putting them aside. You're putting them into submission. There's something about triggering the Holy Spirit in it. And well, and I'd rather say it as there's something about pushing yourself aside. God is there. He's always there. He's always moving. He's always listening. He's always working and wanting to do things, but there's part of us that have to push ourselves aside um, and allow him to speak. I'm going to close because this may be, maybe this is going to be a two-part thing and I'm going to go into, into more, more things next week. Um, I'm going to close with showing you guys a video actually and i think next week i'm going to go into more of this stuff of how how what are things we can do in our life to hear god's voice more clear